on dispensers of pets, poking out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as that uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary, and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys! It's a Fanboy Planet podcast, and here's your host, a man who looks great for being 200, Derek McCaw. Just got back from vacation in Shangri-La. This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We got a lot of people here for the 200th episode. Here at Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. With Adam over the couch, I feel like we're doing Pee-wee's Playhouse, like somebody's just showing up and say, hey. So, uh, anyway. Uh, okay, I feel like the five people who know who I am. That's right. Adam, uh, Adam Worrell there uh, was, uh, has been a guest wrestling commentator a, on a few uh, episodes. He's counterpoint in a number of Chris Garcia a, Yes, yes. But we don't have Chris Garcia here tonight. That's, that's he might sad. show up. He might. We'll see. Of course, to my left. A little tired, but still quite a trooper. Am I on your... Oh, uh, <laughs> Lon Hebrew Lopez. Mm-hmm. We've had fans of the show bringing in a lot of gifts, all of them. A little frankincense, a little myrrh, a and beer. a lot of beer. So, and, uh, Is the Fanboy uh, Planet drinking game in effect tonight? Oh, no. Oh, yes. Is it? Oh. It's in effect. Okay, just since you brought I it up right decree. now. I hereby decree. Since you just brought it up now, Lon, what are the rules of the Fanboy Planet... Drinking game. Anytime you finish someone's sentences. Anytime Derek finishes Derek, yes. Uh, We're all going to get wasted. This is going to hurt. Okay. And uh, next to Lon, uh, our videographer tonight, you want to at least mention, because I know you're going to want to come in and say things. David Tapia. Come on, Tapia. Get up in the mic. Cabana boy. Get up in the grill. Hola. Oh, that was nice. And uh, across from Dave Tapia... Jason Salazar. Oh, yes, who gave us one of the greatest catchphrases last spring. Dragons? Dragons? <laughs> or Felicia's in my pocket. Oh, yeah. Was that, was, oh, that, that was, was you, too. That was no, also the title of a podcast. Yes. That was. That Sean was. Becker could not be here with us tonight. He was invited, but uh, he'll come show up no, for Christmas time. still basking in the glow of But the... he, d- he did, and he, but he did say congratulations on reaching 200 episodes under our Marvel accounting. Uh, you know, so... <laughs> How they can, you know. And who's next to Jason? Well, he's going to speak for himself. Podcast producer. <laughs> I? I, I, I don't know. Sound monkey Rick Brett Snyder. Sound monkey? Is that what you are? Yeah. You don't have a tail? No. No? All right. Well, we have. <laughs> That's why your butt's blue. Okay, so. Um, Anyway, we've got a lot of comics, Two movies. weeks worth of stuff. We do, we do. We've also got two weeks worth of emails. You know what that means, Lon? We've it's, got... It's not uncanny, but we've got fanny mail. Oh, someday I'm going to look forward to that song. Wow. Okay. <laughs> First of all, we get a, an email from... The Fandroids wrote, wrote the in. The Fandroids huh? wrote in, and uh, of course our number one Fandroid, the one who actually named them such, Bill Bossert, wrote in with a subject line... Go, 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 Godzilla, leave the glow balls behind. Yes. So yes. there we go. J. 
Gentlemen, I just needed to correct Derek regarding his comments on the Godzilla franchise of the last podcast. The films were geared more toward children in the mid to late 60s as television had really cut into the Japanese film industry, as it happened in the U.S. the decade previously. As movie attendance had dwindled, the Japanese film industry either catered to the kids' market or soft core. Fortunately, the Godzilla producers decided to go the Wait, kids' route Godzilla and not the other core? route. I think that goes along with kids in the mid-60s. Although a Godzilla softcore porn film finally would have answered if the big G was male or female. I did write back to him and point out that in uh, Warren Ellis's novel, Crooked Little Vein, there is a subculture of uh, Godzilla fetishists that watch his films and wear Godzilla paws and um, do horrible things. Uh, so it... Or lovely things. Or lovely things. You haven't read the book yet, man, have you? I have it. I haven't read it. Is oh. it kind of like what he did with Minya? He like steps on his tail and he shoots out stuff? Um, I won't describe it on the oh, air. Okay. I will tell you later. It's disturbing. All right. And it's meant to be. So it wasn't because the series changed producers or production companies that the series turned more kid-friendly, as all 28 of the Japanese G films are produced by Toho, which I think is what I said uh, was my mistake, was that uh, producers had changed. They've always been by Toho. And the 20, first 20 or so were produced by someone named Tanaka. And Baby Godzilla's official name is Minya. There you go, Lon. And he first appeared in Son of Godzilla. Trivia question. What Godzilla film was originally written for King Kong? Uh, King Kong Goes Bananas? Oh, that was the Herbie film. Oh, sorry. Right answer, wrong question. Okay. Okay. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> so, the answer is Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Um, I Are you sure it wasn't Godzilla? Nate's here. The- oh, Nate's here. Nate, say say hello in a way. No, don't stop doing that. You can still say hello, but rub my back. What, what year is it? Uh, right now we're in 2010. 2010. We haven't done our flashbacks or oh, earlier podcast so nice. episodes. <laughs> Nate uh, Costa, everyone. Yeah. Co-producer of Crackpot Comics. Anyway, Bill Bossert. First, re- first reference in an email to his wife. My lovely wife was nice enough to buy me a box of the Flash cupcakes. Delicious. So anyway, your number one Christner, or I mean Fandroid, Bill Bossert. So that's excellent. We also got uh, a letter from Sharnold. Sharnold's alive, and we were talking about a, a character in Marvel Marvel Comics, Comics Presents, Presents last podcast. That Paul Galassi drew. That I, it reminded me of Kilraven. And um, it turned out. It type. turned out yes, and and we didn't know his name. He was in Marvel Comics Presents during like the nineties. Yes, and, and Char- we asked if anyone knew. He's right in. Sharn and those in. of you scoring at home, the answer is Cold Blood. Cold Blood, which is right. But it's like Deathlock. You are absolutely right, Rick. It, yeah. it, it, I can remember reading Cold Blood, going, "But this is Deathlock. This is Deathlock." But Lon's also right. He looks a lot like Kill Raven. Sometimes the house of ideas runs a little. Has flat. no ideas um, whatsoever. Uh, but he also said he was thrilled uh, that we mentioned the uh, Chronicles of Prydain books, um, and it, uh, yeah. And so that's it. We just we did mention that, so that was okay. All right. Say, so, hey, we've got. Did Nate officially? He did officially introduce himself. I did. We introduced him. Yeah. We so let's move into. Geez, people are passing around snacks. That's what I love about these parties. You're not going to read the one he sent to me. Or is that personal? I think it might have been personal. I don't know. You Let tell me, me. Let me look. You tell Dear me. Dear Lon. <laughs> I never thought I'd be writing well, into okay, your... Let's just I never thought of myself as a nerd, but... Well, okay. He just me told me the t-shirt size, but then he said... Yes. Anyway, between <laughs> Squirrel Girl enjoying nuts and Malcolm McDowell's heat-seeking missile, you had me in stitches. That's why I look forward to your podcast so much. Thanks for the laughs. You're welcome, Bill. But I think you got to say it correctly. Missile. Heat-seeking-seeking missile. Missile. Correct. Yes. 
Uh, so, very good. Let's go to comics news then. Uh, or do we want to flash back to previous uh, episodes of, of the Fanboy Planet podcast? What? We're doing a retrospective We've name? gone into our archives and we... You have the technology. Yeah. We found uh, from an episode in our early uh, 1960s, uh, Nate Costa... A young Nate Costa. A young Nate Costa <laughs> had a rant... As opposed to old man Costa. Back right into the 1960s. So uh, I wonder... Rick, if you could dig that out of the archives, that'd be great. Let's, uh, let's tug that in right now. Check it out, man. I totally read this new book, right? It's like, um, this dude, Dr. Bruce Banner, turns into this monster, like this Hulk. And like, in the first issue, he's totally groovy, man. man. It was groovy. Like, I may have had a little bit, you know, too much to, uh, you know what I'm saying, man. It's the swinging 60s, as they say in the Wait, 1960s. Nate, how come you're not in Vietnam? I'm too young for that, man. Oh, okay. So, like... I got flat feet. This this Incredible Hulk is already... <laughs> I have a bad knee. The Incredible Hulk's already my favorite uh, character, man. Like, Stan Lee really nailed this one. You got Jack Kirby on art, man. What I like best about the Hulk is that he's gray. Well, and I see, hope he stays that way forever. No, see, I already read that on... Uh, Newsarama's uh, wait. They flyer. had the internet back in the sixties. No, Newsarama's flyer said oh. that the next issue Hulk's gonna be green from now on, man, because like the the gray color didn't work on the printing press. As long as he never turns red, right? A red Hulk would be totally lame, man. It would totally kill everything. Just jump for eggs. <laughs> you wouldn't even be a fetus in the sixties. <laughs> Don't ruin the bit. Oh, sorry. Great diction. <laughs> and we're back. Oh, I well, thank amazing. you for that blast from the past, Rick. I, Not a problem. Thank you, Stephanie, for digging that one up wow, for us. Wow, what an amazing uh, hard drive you have. Uh, so, in the t- two weeks that we were gone, there was once again another upheaval at DC Comics. Wait, before you go on, we yeah. did make it known that this is, this is our 200th podcast, right? Didn't we? I just wanted to make sure, I mean, it didn't feel like there was enough fanfare. So. Okay, well, all right. Do you want to do some fanfare here? Well, I, I first want to congratulate the two of you, well, the three of us, really, for uh, putting in <laughs> well, lots did, of when years. Did, when did you and Goodson do the first episode? Uh, we uh, went to a previous screening of Superman Returns. So that was in 2006. So, so you took one for the team, is what you're saying. <laughs> We sort of enjoyed it. We went hmm. to the lobby of the Century Oak Ridge, and I had a little handheld recorder. Oh, handheld. Got it. Yes. Okay. And we did, our, and we did our first podcast. So it was like a six-minute review. Still available on the site? Absolutely. And at the same time, I, w- I was also doing my weekly spot on a BBC radio show. And so we were doing that kind of as a actually a radio show from England. And then we started hanging out at the store with the handheld. And uh, then Rick showed up. Well, actually, I think Lon showed up first. Mm-hmm. Um, then Mario. Then Mario. And uh, we had Andy Mead. Absent friends. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Mario. And we had Andy Mead, uh, who owned the store at the time. And then uh, Rick, this customer, came in and said, I have better equipment than you do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he dropped his pants. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I tried to make it sound more helpful. <laughs> well, it, it, there was, a, it was an excited gleam in your eye. But, uh, yes. 
and uh, and the rest was history, and that's where we sort of formalized the podcast. So it's kind of like the Justice League coming together like a long time ago, and then through the years we've picked up like all and, these and we've we've read these heroes. Times. I think it's more like the Avengers, and Rick would be Captain America coming unfrozen and bringing his newfangled equipment. So who are you? Wait, how is he unfrozen and bringing <laughs> new equipment? If he's from the past, it's well, Nate's Captain world. Captain America's got a futuristic uh, shield that nobody can recreate. So. But it was a shield that. See, that's wrong. Continuity's wrong on that. Great job, '60s Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we put him back in the archive. Oh, sorry. So yeah, Nate's, Nate's kind of like Hawkeye. Isn't the continuity wrong on that though? Didn't Captain America not get his new shield till he came to the new world, or? I. Uh, well, I think it's kind of ambiguous. It may have happened. If we're talking off about the Avengers. I'd probably end up being the Red Hulk since he's probably the newest member. <laughs> uh, he is. They've added him to the group. Uh, but uh, I think that actually, when they thawed him out, they drew. He was drawn with the circular shield, and then they. It was later like on, kind of, on top of the costume. Right. It, it, the, it's um, just the like shredding. the thing where they like to pretend now there was never a time when a teenage Tony Stark came forward into the right. future from the past to. Well, that was the, onslaught. Onslaught yeah. created that, didn't he? Yeah, but they never explained. I know, you know. So. But I mean, truthfully, though, it wasn't like the Captain America from World War II. Didn't he have the the, the, the crest like shield or whatever? Yeah, the crest like shield when it was originally drawn, and I think that later on in the forties they went to the circular shield because it was easier to draw. Mm, okay, but then the vibranium shield came when Tony Stark gave it to him. Mm, okay, okay, so. cool. All right, thank you, Zarlak. Yes, you. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Wait. Hold on a second, fellas. Oh, we have a special guest. <laughs> Who could it be? Hello, are you there? Hey, Rob. Hey, what's up, buddy? How's it going, man? We got you on live. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Sean Becker, and I called in to say congratulations to everyone on the 200th podcast. Yay, Sean Some Becker. Sean Becker. Sean Becker. With the most high-tech solution we could have tonight. <laughs> I know. I bet the audio quality is stunning. <laughs> Sean's listening to it live. <laughs> Turn up the volume on that thing. Yes. Anyway. Oh, wait. Let me make sure yeah. we got him all the way up. Yeah. Yeah, he's all the way up. Anyways, thank you, Sean. Sean you're looking a lot smaller than I remember. Sean can't hear the mic. Sean, are you still there? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we wanted to say thank you for calling in. Sure thing, we are going just strong. We're, we're uh, Nate is here and Jason Salazar is here. And we already did your section. Yeah, we already talked about you. <laughs> Nothing but good stuff. Absol- we were just congratulating uh, season four of the Guild wrapping up. Congratulations, Sean Becker. There we go. Yay. And, of course, and, and that fabulous uh, Game On video from the summer, we didn't really get a chance to mention it. We posted on Fanboy Planet, but um, is Game On still uh, ch- on the charts? No, it's not on anymore. We just hit uh, a million downloads, so uh, I think last week. Well, that's pretty darn good. Take yeah. that, Katy Perry. <laughs> Finally. Finally. <laughs> she, she's feeling the she heat. She ruins everything. <laughs> she does. Ruins Sesame Street. So what are you doing right now, Sean? Everything. Uh, right now, actually, I'm editing uh, the new show that I've got out. Uh, coming out next week. It's called the Jeff Lewis Five and Comic Con. And it's a show with uh, some young people and 
Oh, fantastic. So this podcast will go live right before the launch, so people might listen and uh, tune in. Is there a website that we can uh, check out for that? Yeah, um, it's not up now, but it should be up by next week. It's uh, com. Awesome. All right. Sounds good. Excellent. All right, buddy. Well, thanks for calling in and joining our 200th podcast, and we hope to get you on the mic live and in person soon. Yeah, sounds good. I'll uh, talk to you guys soon. Sean, I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> that sounds so much No, fun. literally, I'm seeing him on Monday. Yes. What do you want to do on Monday? When I don't know. We have to talk to Jeff Brown and uh, we can go have dinner. Sweet. All right, I'll call you when I get into town. <laughs> I'm glad we had this chance to catch up. Bye, Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Jason Salazar on a jet-setting lifestyle with a balsa wood body. Well, I can't get him to call me back, so I figured that was the biggest time as any. So, you know, it's like, hey, I'm going to be there in like three days. Look at that. 200th episode and celebrity guests celebrity are calling guests. in. Yes. Wow. Sean Becker. Sean Becker. Knows Felicia Day. So what was that? Five minute, <laughs> five minute hour.com. Was that right, Lon? He's eating with her. Five he plays Brockman an hour house. or something, yeah. Five <laughs> minute hour. Okay. That's awesome. Looking forward to that. Okay. So let's get to that. Talk about that comics news. That in the, in the two weeks we've been gone, DC named a new editor-in-chief, Bob Harris. Who was editor in chief? Oh my God! He was editor in chief of Marvel from 1995 to 2000, replaced by Joe Quesada, and apparently he's been quietly working away in the trade collections department at DC, uh, doing the trade paperbacks. So is he kind of like Milton from Office Space, or what? I don't know. Um, I wouldn't want to say that because what if we wanted to do a pitch to him now, and and you just said that? Um, That's not a that's not a bad pitch. You're the one who's concerned. Milton wins the day in that movie. He's the hero. That's true. I just complimented Bob Harris. I hate that movie. What? Sorry. So uh, one of Bob Harris's triumphs was he was a discoverer of Jim Lee and bringing Jim Lee to the forefront as a talent. Whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, let history decide. But uh, good for you, Bob. Had a DC crisis. Thanks, Nate. What? Well, you know there is, there is crisis. They've lo- a lot of executives are being asked to leave in this move over to the West Coast, and they're still not really talking about what's happening with the DC Direct company. And I think Lon's probably the best person to comment on that. I, yes, I, I think that because I because DC Direct is mostly statues and toys. Oh yeah, yeah and we talked about this already. Did, but did we talk about it uh, on the air since? Is you know, do you need a DC Direct when you've got Mattel doing a good job? No. <laughs> is is Mar- is Mattel doing a good job for you? Mattel's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, but DC Direct is a little higher quality than Mattel. It's aren't. Well, I, I think Lon is the guy who buys more action figures than anybody else. <laughs> Toys. A little. <laughs> um. Yeah, we talked about this. They 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 they're 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 more statues than toys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Think of it this way: Mattel's doing the Brave and the Bold figures. They're doing the There's little Moana Beast figure, the mini Justice League Universe ones, and then the DC Universe Classics one. And DC Direct does the Green Lantern that you can put the ring into and it lights up. The lantern, yes, but itself, it's, not the actual figure. Yeah, but I mean, I can't afford it, but 
I'll look at it at your house. <laughs> Mattel can probably do them just as good and for cheaper. Because, I mean, who's DC Direct? I mean, are they sculpting their own? I mean, they probably got to pay for sculptors. They probably got to pay for their own crazy distribution. Or I mean, there's no advertising whatsoever. I mean, and most of the time you go to a comic shop, they're just sitting on the walls anyway. Like here at Elusive Comics mm-hmm. and Games 2725. Buy one, get Real one free. Street, one of our Santa Clara, California. I think the buy one, get one free is to Watchmen action figures. See, those were a hit. Moving on. <laughs> well, I think, you know, but you say that, and I think one of the reasons why for that is that what we wanted were the ones based on Dave Gibbons' art, not on the movie characters. Oddly enough, there were a lot more of those in the store when Andy Mead was the manager, the owner. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't here when Watchmen came out. No, 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 no but no, I mean, just DC action figures stuff. in general, that, that Andy oh. had a lot of DC Direct stuff on the walls. Got it. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, I wanted to point out that Neil Gaiman is returning to DC Comics next month. So we actually can be a couple of weeks ahead of the game. Uh, I, br- I think I brought up on the air before Action Comics right now with Lex Luthor as the lead character. Uh, and this last issue, number 893, uh, Paul Cornell's been writing. He's uh, the guy that wrote, again, I, I don't Sound know why I'm blinking. No. MI-13. MI-13. That's it. Captain Britain and MI-13 mm-hmm. uh, that, that uh, Rick was a big fan of. Apparently Nate was as well. Uh, I did not read it, but he's a good British British writer, television writer for the BBC. And he put Lex Luthor on this quest to kind of get the Orange Lantern back. And uh, they also they also did a backup feature this, this month, which introduced Chloe Sullivan into mainstream continuity. Did oh, my God, that? who's that? Uh, that's Allison Mack on Smallville. <laughs> oh, my God, who's that? I don't, I don't know. I know. I don't watch. I know. I don't Chloe Sullivan. I don't know what, why you show up for these. What things. is the significance uh, of her in DC Comics? Explain. She, but she's not significant at this point. She was a character created for Smallville from the very pilot forward. She was Clark Kent's childhood best friend okay. with Pete Ross. So and she the, knew the secret. And she, she knew. She knows wasn't the secret. Technically, and Lana be- Lang like Clark's best friend growing up. No, not in Smallville continuity. She no, I mean in, in DC continuity. Wasn't. Yeah, Pete Lana Ross. Lang. Pete Ross and Lana Lang. Yeah. Okay. So it's almost like this Chloe character is taking the place of Alana Lang. Well, Alana Lang was there as a love interest for him to pine after in and, Smallville, and, and in Smallville, right. and then Chloe like had a crush on Clark, and then she, she found a out his secret. A lot more interesting, a lot smarter, and became Watchtower. So she was kind of the one right. who gives all the. She's basically to Smallville's version of Oracle. Yes, okay. yes, because <laughs> Smallville can't use any Batman characters. Which is why you have like Green Arrow, and every time Green Arrow appears, his theme music is very close to Danny Elfman's Batman theme, and they really want to make Green Arrow fit that bill. Either that, or just Danny Elfman can't write anything else anymore. No, so. Danny Elfman's not the one who did the score. Oh, okay, so. just checking. Oh my gosh! Walking oh. in. Oh. What have you done with the girl, Reverend Doctor? Uh, long story. Long, long, long. Too long for us tonight. So anyway, who has just walked in? Nobody's, everybody's just screamed and nobody's actually said his name. I didn't scream. It's Chris Garcia. Hi, I'm Chris Garcia, eight-time Hugo loser. Thank you. I feel warmer inside like being now. being on Dean Martin Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you just stopped by, everybody. Oh, well, that's just fantastic. Uh, so anyway, the Bing, that's the Bing Crosby one. I think you. Uh, this is our Bing Crosby's uh, valid uh, '60s entertainer as well. Okay, okay. I beat my kids. They uh, <laughs> they deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> but first, I'll have a nice glass of fresh squeezed orange juice. Um, 
Anyway, so next issue. <laughs> no, did you get next Chloe, issue. Next issue. Did you get just get Chloe Sullivan introduced in the mainstream? Chloe Sullivan DC universe. But uh, next issue, Death of the Endless will be appearing in a mainstream DC book. Is that like a pro wrestler or something? Or? No, Death from the Sandman. Oh, got it. Oh, yes. Stupid again. Uh, and uh, and Neil Gaiman stepping in to uh, rewrite her dialogue to make sure that it's all in, in. Oh, that's the character that basically inspired emo girls to basically yes to have a like a, a, a costume like yes. template. Yes, death is who made emo girls sexy. I don't know. I, think, I don't know about sexy. I think they really came for. She was just following. But she was the happy emo girl. She was Neil Gaiman. I ne- Stardust. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, he I just did. wanted to interject. Shortest commercial ever. Yeah, thank <laughs> yeah. you. That's it. Don't watch it. Glad you enjoyed. What? No, but I'd never did seen you an see emo Stardust? girl. Yes. Oh, you liked it, didn't you? I liked it. Oh, that was a shame. Yeah, you're the youngest cranky old man I know. <laughs> Curmudgeon. <laughs> yes, Curmudgeon. You kids get off my movie. Tell you what, Jason, why don't you just go eat some cheese? See what that does to your system. Oh dear God. No. <laughs> Paranormal activity too looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to bring that up. Issue eight ninety four will have uh, Death appearing as she confronts Lex Luthor. Uh, and wait, they, wait, Death is going to fight Lex Luthor? Uh, I can't give any spoilers. There's a reason for the confrontation. Okay. All right. It involves Gorilla Grodd. You know what? Now you just blew my mind. So yeah, uh, it's uh, I'm it was, buying that issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I do recommend the action. I, I do recommend eight ninety three. Uh, Lex Luthor versus Gorilla Grodd is a disturbing, disturbing book. Interesting. I don't know when he developed. Does Did you Grodd, read it? Like throw poop at him or something? Or? No. Is that why you were recommending it? Gorilla Grodd. Uh, no, it's really well written. But Gorilla Grodd has developed. I don't remember him having this ability before. But if he eats the brains of his opponents, he gets all their memories. Sounds like a Jeff Johns thing. Or Chris Garcia. <laughs> he used to be able. To, is, I didn't think it was eating his brain. Uh, is that Chris Garcia eats brains and gets the uh, powers of his, uh, of his enemies? He's climbed the ladder that way. Oh, no one did know, does know what happened to that last curator of the Computer History what Museum. <laughs> and, and you look a lot like a gorilla. So um, let's move on. This weekend is the New York City Comic Con. Are you excited, Jason? Yes. Yeah, why? We're going. Because Long got me free passes. I'm going <laughs> to stay in a really small room. What? <laughs> are you? Are you? We're staying in a dumpster. <laughs> oh yes, no, this no, is a perfect no. time to point I'm out. Though I think this is going to happen. I think this is going to post after uh, our our one time guest Nate Costa's brother Ben Costa uh, is appearing at New York Comic Con at the Javits Center October eighth through the tenth. We do have we do actually have a reporter there. So uh, Deb Drayson, who did our interview with Gerard Way a long time ago, lives in New York, so she's going to be attending. Or Go has, Ben! By this time has attended. So Ben Costa and his book, Shirlong Pong. Pong, the Wandering Shaolin Monk is the hardcover title. Oh, okay. Hardcover. Pong, the Wandering Shaolin Monk. Well, yeah, because at Comic-Con he had the hardcover because he's it's gotten awesome. the Zurich Award. I have, it, yeah. I have it beside my bed, as a matter of fact. Maybe a little TMI. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but best, I, best wishes for Ben. Hopefully, it's a successful, a successful for him. 
did want to mention that to get people excited into independence, there's a creator named Dave Ryan who is launching a book called War of the Independence. <gasps> kind of doing Good a crisis God. on, on Damn, uh, infinite Earths. Crisis <laughs> on poorly funded Earth. That's right. With Sarah, he's got the rights to Cerebus. Uh, basically, 200 independent comic book characters will be doing a three-issue miniseries as they go from dimension to dimension. And it's launching at, at uh, this New York Comic Con. It'll be available in comic shops in November. And then, uh, that, and he's doing the right thing, announcing ahead of time that the first issue will be available in comic shops in November, and then it's going to take a little while for two and three, but he'll release those back to back. So he's got to make some cash. That's right, absolutely, because we know the independent comics do not make, as uh, as Chris just said, the poorly funded. But he's been funding through this this uh, website called Kickstarter. Have you guys? Ah, uh, yeah. So. Uh, Chris, would you step in here and tell us a little bit about Kickstarter? Because I don't quite understand it. I've heard it a lot. But Why, I'd love to, Derek. I so, know. So, Kickstarter is a website that allows you to post specific projects. So, uh, for example, if you want to make a short film, you come up with a budget that you want, and you place it up, you place it up there, and then individuals can donate any amount towards that goal. But nothing becomes released until you meet that goal. So you have a specific amount of time, like a month usually, and you go and you pipe everywhere you can that, you know, uh, we want to fund this thing, go to Kickstarter, so on and so forth. And eventually, you either make it and you get all the money and you go do your project, and then you usually make promises like, uh, we'll give you a copy of of the film or something like that, or you don't make it and no money changes hands at all. It's a great site. Uh, the steampunk art gallery in Pottsville, I believe it's Pottstown, North Carolina, used it successfully to open their new project just a few weeks ago. And a uh, big shout out to the Clockwork Cabaret folk, good people. Chris, so isn't it's a there, wonderful site? Isn't there something to? Doesn't Kickstarter try to match fun or something? Like if they get to a certain point, uh... there there are some other projects that they work with that, okay. that they help you with too. Because I thought um, there was a point if you hit a certain like if you hit halfway or something, they there, get. There are a number of publishing sites that do use this yeah. model. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, it's been in board gaming for a long time, and that mm-hmm. cursed pirate girl thing that we mm-hmm. saw, mm-hmm. they're doing the same. Okay, thing. but Kickstarter isn't limited to one thing. It could be right. comic books, it could right. be novels, uh, it could be Kickstarter movie. To, uh, get a project to get a girl? Get if it costs them. money, sure. Um, Wait, are we, I don't think you I don't think you or? can newlywed. Um, <laughs> that, that's specifically banned in the outline of the uh, project descriptions. Okay, so like we couldn't pay Lon's rent well, for a month. You could get her to dance for you nakedly. What if my project uh, was Russian mail order bride? How is nakedly different from naked? Once an adverb. Thank you. It really sounds like this could kickstart your project. Hey! Oh, did you see what I did there? I'm I just took the that. words I'm and I, I repeated it. Is Sean Becker going to call again? I hope <laughs> so. I hope so. We need to figure out where the hell we're having dinner. We need to get an actual town like down here. So. <laughs> Sean, call in. Wow. All right. And a few weeks ago, we <laughs> mentioned like we mentioned the earth-shattering news that Devil's Due uh, Publishing had uh, withdrawn from Diamond. Uh, and then we were all very well because the devil came to get his due. We were we were very perplexed about what titles Devils Do actually still published. We know it was Josh Blaylock, or as Chris Garcia once Mookie. erroneously told me, Mookie. <laughs> Untrue. I totally thought he was James. I, I know. So that I walked up to the one time I've met Josh Blaylock. I said, "We have a mutual friend," and I believe he said, "I should call you Mookie." And he punched you in the balls. He did. <laughs> okay. He Ball. did. Ball. Uh, 
Yes. Balls. Yes. Punch. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so um, anyway, it was announced this week that Arcana Comics, published by Sean O'Reilly, who had also published The Greatest American Hero with uh, Catastrophic Comics. Classic. Uh, thank you. That's very kind of you. Uh, that Arcana Comics no, picked I, up. Goodson just walked in. Oh, Goodson in. walked yeah, in. Yeah. There we go. Get him on a microphone. Michael, get him on. Get him on Goodson. A, hey, I didn't get the shit. Founding here. father. Hi, Sharnold. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Wow, there's a quote. <laughs> he is not high. So, um, anyway, uh, they have picked up the uh, Devil's Due publications, and now they claim in, in an interesting press release spin that they have a library by combining Arcana with. Devils do. They have a library of characters as large as Disney's Marvel purchase. Shut the front door. They may be exaggerating there. They might be. I, you know, I mean, I'm looking forward to. There's a, they have a few films in I don't development. Think they counted power, power for, pack for Tim Watson. Uh, I need to say that they've they've made a film with uh, with Kevin Sorbo. They have a movie being produced by uh, Universal called Gearhead, and they've got an animated film called The Clockwork Girl, which Dave Kay, who was here earlier. Uh, loves the comic Clockwork Girl, and so they're making that into an animated Clockwork film with Nelvana. So, yes, yes, he confirmed he, that he, he does confirmed that he did it. indeed love it. So, though he doesn't like to be heard on the podcast, I, I love that. it. Okay, so that's interesting. Dave is in the strangest uh, witness protection program. That's right. Ever. And now that we've had Goodson back in, and it's like old home week. I'd like to turn. You know, last week we did a special segment, and we were lucky to have one of the semi-founding members of the podcast here in the store. At that time, did we, we ever introduce Steve Nelson as being on? The oh my gosh! Did we, we just he just came in and gave us peanuts. Steven, <laughs> say hi in the mic. Say hi, hi in the mic. That's Steven now Nelson. Say hi in the Introduce yourself. Oh, hi, I'm Steven Nelson, host of the Skeptical Viewer podcast. We watch Ghost Hunters, so you don't have to. There you go. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know you'd started a podcast. Thank no, you. No, I'd watched it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay. So anyway, last week we had Andy Mead, who had been a former store owner. He was in here because uh, there was a special guest in the store doing a signing, and that was Trina Robbins. This is the follow-up to the commercial where we said we had a mystery guest, right? Yes. There you go. So there it is. Did I, re- I blow the mystery for you? No, 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 no. Because you, you knew. Needed, you were there, we right? We needed to deliver on that We that did promise. indeed. That was our mystery guest. We recorded an interview with Andy Mead and myself interviewing Trina Robbins, who is a pioneer of among women's creators. Uh, for a long time, the only woman to work uh, actually on... Wonder Woman, the character, uh, she drew a. F- I want to work on Wonder uh, Woman. Drew a miniseries later, Lon. Yeah. Oh, but she drew a miniseries uh, after Christ on Infinite Earth, before George Perez did the relaunch, The Legend of Wonder Woman, and I believe Kurt Busiek wrote it. Uh, and Kurt B. And with Frank Frazetta, she is credited as the designer of Vampirella. And so she's talking about. I'd really about her, like to hear this interview. Yeah, she's talking about her latest projects and tells us about the creation of Vampirella. And she did indeed draw a picture above Lon's head right now. Well, she drew it on the wall. Yes, but it's above Lon's head. Not in the middle. Let me add right. also an important part of the history of science fiction fandom uh, featured in a number of fanzines in the 1960s particularly. Yes. And uh, also did, I believe, a comic called uh, Berkeley Con 78 that I found at WonderCon. 97? Oh, I may have which, been at Berkeley Con 78. Yes, which was an amazing little comic that I know she did at least the cover for. Oh, no. And, there, and she draws herself much, much hotter than any other artist should be allowed to do. There we go. Let's listen to that. We have an extremely rare treat this week. Uh, we have Andy Mead for our 200th episode. Andy was on, we believe, the first 
podcast uh, when he owned the store. And uh, now he's gone off and is a man of many talents. He's here to join us in an interview because we are very honored to have as a special guest Trina Robbins, a comic creator who is here at Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, uh, doing a signing for She has two books out right now, Chicagoland Detective Agency, which is a book for uh, for children, uh, middle school readers, would you say? I would say middle school readers, but I would say grown-ups are going to like it, too. That's excellent. And she's also uh, behind the relaunch at from Moonstone Publishing of Honey West, uh, so or at least one of the, I think there's several titles from Honey West coming out at once, but you... No, they're just different covers. They're just different covers? They're okay. the same <laughs> book. <laughs> all right. No, I know. Moonstone sends me all kinds of different cover images, so uh, and, and I get confused. All right. So there we are. So let's 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 begin with this first. Um, as uh, I have uh, a middle school reader, uh, tell me what you can about Chicago Land Detective Agency. Okay, I had a lot of fun with this. Um, Learners, the publisher, my editor at Learners, all the editors got together and they said, "What what should Trina do?" And they came up with the name. They decided on Chicagoland Detective Agency, and they gave me that. They said, we're going to call it the Chicagoland Detective Agency. Now take it away. And the rest was up to me, and that was great. It's you know? like being edited by Julia Schwartz. It was a lot of fun. Well, no, <laughs> I, 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 I have met Julia Schwartz, and believe me, my editor is no Julia Schwartz. Thank God. Um, so I, I came up with... Um, a detective agency that's composed of a 12-year-old Hispanic boy who is a computer wizard, a 13-year-old Japanese-American girl who is who reads manga and writes haiku and dresses in gothic Lolita style, and a talking dog. And See, I don't think you can go wrong with a talking you dog. Cannot you can go never wrong. go wrong with a talking dog. No monkeys? No monkeys. Not in any of the three. It's a three-part series, three different stories, uh, complete in their own, and none of them have monkeys. And so we have the first volume out. Uh, was it the Drained Brains Caper. Okay. So I need to back up a little bit. So how did Lerner decide that they wanted to approach you in the first place? Um, Tom Yates. Tom Yates, that's his name. He's a, he's, ha, he's a friend of mine whose name I couldn't remember for a minute, uh, and a very talented artist, had done some stuff for learners and said, I think that they'd really love to work with you, and gave me a name, and I contacted them, and that's rest is history. Okay. So you have three volumes, and the first volume came out uh, last it month? It just came it out just came last out? month, yeah. 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 The okay. next one, I think, is going to be out by December. And the third one, which I just finished, and it hasn't been, you know how you, well, maybe you don't, but I can tell you that when you script a comic, what happens, you give it to the editor, and then she kind of sits on it for a while and finally gets back to you with the changes that she once made. (laughs) So that hasn't happened yet. I finished number three, but she hasn't gotten back to me with all the changes. And you're not drawing this one, right? No, I'm not drawing any of them. Okay, and how did you go about finding the the right partner to? Uh, well, actually, they you? found um, Tyler Tyler Page. Thank you. They found that's why I can't remember his name because they found him. I've never even met him, oh but he did a very good job. I have to tell you that at first I hated him because um, <laughs> because he wasn't what I had in mind. I had wanted to do it with a, an artist that I chose, but they found Tyler, and it 
and much to my surprise, he's done a really, really good job, and everyone really likes it. So, you know, Tyler, if you hear this, I apologize for hating you. <laughs> well, good. Maybe we'll be bringing the two camps together with this. Okay. Uh, and so he's on all three. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's when, and then we've got uh, Honey West. Yes. Okay, so, well, from the enthusiastic yes, <laughs> how did you get involved in Honey West? Uh, Moon, well, I had done I had done something for Moonstone before. I'd done a few things for Moonstone. I don't know how they found me, but you know, I guess the wonders of the internet. You know, I had you know how they publish these books. Um, they they license famous characters and mm-hmm. publish books in which everyone writes a short story. Well, I did a phantom story for them, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Everything I've done for them so far, I have so enjoyed doing. And and then um, the, I did a Captain Midnight story. It, at least it took two years to come out. I think it's just coming out in about a month or so. But I really enjoyed that too. And then Laurie Gentilly, uh, the editor of the Honey West series, contacted me about another book that isn't out yet, but will be out at any moment, called Chicks and Capes, which is a bunch of women creating their own superheroines and writing short stories about their own superheroines. And this is a story I have wanted to do so long. I came up with a superheroine who is what I think Wonder Woman should be but isn't. So, you know, DC would probably not touch me with a 10-foot pole, but I could, could do this great story for Moonstone. And after that... She contacted me about Honey West because they got the rights to do Honey West as a comic. Now, Honey, for those of you who weren't born yet, um, appeared in 1965 and 1966 on TV, and she was the first woman detective on TV, even before Mrs. Peel and the Avengers. And she wore this great, she didn't wear a skin-tight catsuit, just a very well-fitting black turtleneck sweater tucked into really nicely fitting black pants, but nothing skin-tight, just really elegant and really chic. And she was played by Anne Francis, who was the perfect Honey West. And she had an ocelot, right? She sure did. Bruce the Ocelot, my favorite character, and who I have featured in the comic. And I have to tell you that in 65 and 66, I loved that show. I didn't even yet, I had never heard the term feminist, but I was a feminist without even knowing it, you know, because mm-hmm. I just loved, at last, a woman private eye. It was so cool. So very excited then that you got to be involved. How oh, much, yes. How much uh, background research did you have to do? I watched the entire Honey West series, TV series, and read four of the books because before she was even on TV, she was a series of books starting in 1959 going on till 1970. The first book was called This Girl for Hire, and it showed her with a gun. It was great. Uh, So I read that one, and then I read three others. So I felt at that point I really knew Honey. Great, and so can you, we'll, we'll look to the future a little bit with your uh, Chicks and Capes. What can you tell us about your superheroine besides she's Wonder Woman? She is right. what Wonder Woman should be, but isn't. Um, I don't want to give too much away. Okay, all right, play it close to the vest. Uh, Andy, here you are sitting down with someone whose work you, you have read a lot. Any other questions or repeats of questions you asked before we started recording? Can I say something, by the way, Andy? You have a great nose. I've been looking at you at profile, and you really have an excellent nose. That is the first time in my entire life I've ever said that. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, Well, you know, 
I, I think I, I asked most of the questions earlier, but it's... Uh, we didn't hear them. Well, I, the thing is, it's... Uh, well, you know, it's, it's you're writing comics, and I... I you said you, the chicks and comics thing, I find... Chicks and capes. Chips and... Chips, chips and... Chips. Chips and dip? Chips, uh, chips, and, chips and capes. I find that sort of interesting because I identify... When people say women comic creators, yours, your name is the first name that comes to my mind. Wow, that's great. Right? It's like because there was... It was always you back when I was first, you know, after I got out of the superhero phase. It was. Thank you, God you're not saying right? when you were in kindergarten. I think. Well, no. If I was going to, if I was going to name the three people, if the three women who was involved in comics when I started getting interested in non-superhero stuff, it was Denny Looper. Denny Luber. Like, yeah, I've never met her in person. I don't know how to say it, but it's like talking um, to him up in here. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Cat Ironwood mm-hmm. and you. And uh, I remember because I, I remember I bought the the book that you and Cat Ironwood did together. Yes. Um, and I, which is now incredibly rare. And the fact that there's now going to be a, a, just a book just done by women doing superheroes, which has got to be the direct descendant of the stuff that you were doing. Well, and you were right? one of the innovators of that in the early 70s in the underground scene as well, right? Women, yes. Women's comics. Yeah, back when, when there were like eight women drawing comics in San Francisco and the Bay Area. Okay. How many are there now? More than I can count. I mean, there really are more women creating comics now than ever before. And I really could not count them. Now, there's an interesting coincidence today today for me is that uh, Bleeding Cool, Rich Johnson's uh, site, published a photo of Claudette Colbert. Uh Uh-huh. And said, and said, uh, was this the unconscious influence on your design on Vampirella as uh, Cleopatra from the... Oh, how odd. Well, she wasn't. Um, <laughs> well, good. Now we no, can put, I mean, totally put this I think rest. I know the photo. She made a gorgeous, a gorgeous um, Cleopatra. Who am I signing this to? Mark? M-A-R-K. Um, no, I'll tell you how I designed Vampirella's costume, if you want to hear. Yes. But I have to walk away because my cell phone is ringing. Okay, yeah. I'm just... Your cell phone is crying, apparently. It's my son saying... That oh, that's so sweet. Edit 11 minutes. <laughs> it's long saying... Enjoy it, Mark. Thank you. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so how I designed this <laughs> this costume was... Um, what was it, 68, I think, when mm-hmm. Vampirella started? Okay, so I was in Jim Warren's office at his desk. I had shown him some of my stuff, and of course I was definitely not. I mean, I was just starting. I was really not ready. You know, I, no way could I draw comics for for Jim Warren's books. But he was very sweet about rejecting me. He was very nice. And just then he got a phone, and I didn't know about Vampirella, it was about to happen. You know, they were planning it. He got a phone call from Frank Frazetta um, about the co- the cover. And Jim Warren had not liked Frank Frazetta's original sketch for the cover. He didn't like what she, the costume was wrong. So he started trying to describe what he wanted over the phone. And I heard what he was describing, and I just sketched it out on a piece of paper really quick and passed it over to him. And he said to Frazetta, he said, just a minute, there's a young lady here who knows exactly what I mean and I'll give her the phone so I got on the phone with Frazetta and described what I had drawn and that was the costume I, you know I, I never met him in person just spoke to him over the phone I had hoped someday I would meet him in person and say hi remember talking to me in 68 but that never happened oh that's too bad yeah. that's one of the best stories I've ever heard in my life <laughs> So you were just in the right place at the uh-huh, right time? Uh-huh. <laughs> Literally. Okay. Yeah. Here, Frank, draw it this way. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. How does that feel? They gave you two. Oh, be the great, woman who great. Told he Frank was very, he was very nice. He was lovely over the Okay. And then, uh, so what else do you have in the future lined up, or anything? Or? Um. Well, there's another graphic novel that's coming out from uh, Learners, but I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. And then there's a book that I'm doing um, for um, IDW, is that their name? Mm-hmm. For yes, IDW. But I'm probably not allowed to talk about that yet either. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have a conversation but, again when you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? As one of the things that I, I discovered, go to her website, just Google Trina Robbins. There's some books on there that I wasn't aware of. The Brinkley Girls. Oh, yeah. The, and you got the China... The, oh, yeah. Nothing the, at all to do with... This is my it, very latest book. This has nothing whatsoever to do with comics. I do but write... The, the artwork is amazing. It's gorgeous. Well, no, the Brinkley Girl. You're talking about that artwork. Oh. I'm talking about the Chinese nightclubs. Yeah. My very, very most recent book is called Forbidden City, The Golden Age of Chinese Nightclubs. And in San Francisco's Chinatown from 1937 to 64... Flourished about a dozen nightclubs, incredible, glamorous, gorgeous places with beautiful Asian women in in evening gowns and you know the dark lipstick and the pompadours and and unbelievably handsome Asian men with the hair slicked back and the tuxedos crooning, you know. And this was this was the golden age of nightclubs. And this was an all-Asian nightclub. Not all the entertainers were Asian. Some of them were Chinese. It was because they were Chinese nightclubs. Some of them were like Filipinos, some were Japanese. But they all changed their names, gave themselves Chinese names so that they could form in these clubs. And it was a really glamorous golden age. And I've done a book... It took me three years. I interviewed 22 retired um, entertainers, one as old as 98. Three of them have since died, in fact. And it's their story, and it has the most fabulous photos because they all lent me their photos from their scrapbooks. And, of course, I scanned them in immediately and then returned them so so that I would have a good reputation and so that then I could interview the next person who would trust me with their priceless photos. So that's my most recent book, and yes, that's on my website. And it's real easy to find my website because it's just www.trinarobbins.com. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us, Trina. It's been a pleasure to interview you, and thanks for coming down to Elusive. This is great. My pleasure, and as you can tell, I love to talk, so you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, well, this is <laughs> Drina Robbins. She's oh, great. Isn't she? What a so great cute. interview that was by two great interviewers. <laughs> I wasn't expecting all the threats against the Spanish monarchy, but it was entertaining. She did do that, didn't she? She did. It was in code. Yeah. Um, so let's move to some movie news. A lot of comics movies, new, movie news. This morning, the Green Lantern movie site uh, launched. The website launched. So a green mist will coalesce into the lantern symbol. What happens if you have a, a yellow um, pointer? Does it like mess up the website? There are no I think yellow so. pointers. I think, I think it, you could. I, re- think, I think it could crash. Yes, mm. it could indeed crash. Mm. Got it. And so at the moment, that's really all that's got is the, is the symbol says 2011, and um, apparently in the source code, people have checked the source code, and there is a synopsis of the film which includes the confirmation of what has been an openly kept secret. That That's just when you have the page open, you say view source from the mm-hmm. menu of the thing. So Smart. I think if people got this Hat. far, I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Source, Green code, is, source code means something Hat. different. 
Oh, is that what it is? View code? Yeah, view, if you view code. If you view, view the HTML for that page. Then it, it which could have been generated by a source on the server, I which see. would be hard. You'd then have to it, hack into it. To no, see no, the now you've gotten way too You're complex for me. Computer <laughs> talk. More than we needed to know. So we just confused. lost Peoria. So uh, goodbye, Peoria. Great Lakes, you're on the air, Larry King. My agenda is complete. <laughs> I know. What I don't know what you had against Peoria. They bother me. They weren't bored enough. So uh, anyway, we confirmed that Parallax is the villain in the first Green Lantern. Film. How are they going to do that? I don't know. Wasn't Hal Jordan Parallax? Yes, no, but, but no. he's a separate entity. Parallax has been revealed by Jeff Johns to be a separate No, I entity. know that, but there was never a Parallax and a Hal Jordan at the same time, right? They can't fight each other, right? And if they do, how lame is that going to be if Ryan Reynolds is like, stop Parallax, and then Parallax is all, screw you, Ryan Reynolds. I mean, that's going to be lame. Yeah. Isn't the yellow creature the exact the dialogue, of the yellow yeah. Yeah. power? Now, I read it on the site. Parallax. 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 Parallax is now the entity so at the heart the of the yellow It's the critter battery. that took over Hal Jordan as Parallax. Yes. Yes. Oh, do you think Parallax is going to take over Sinestro, and that's going to be the explanation for why Sinestro Maybe. goes bad? Maybe. Stupid. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy with that. I'd rather watch a movie with like Ryan Reynolds in like a box for ninety minutes. Okay. How was buried? Uh, it was okay. It was good. Yeah. Okay. So oh, I thought you were talking about the proposal. Mm, that was me in a box for a half hour. Oh, touche. Oh. Sandra Bullock. And we're back. <laughs> uh, so we just took a little ver- uh, left turn to Lawnland. <laughs> and uh, I'm Salazar Land. Yeah. No, no, no. Land. Sally was just trying to be included by mm. you. He That's absolutely true. That's uh, he just worships you. Someone talk to me, Jason. I see you. It's good to be Avatar. Seen. Good to be seen. Anyways, okay, no, much better than Avatar. Um, and what do Superman and Wolverine have in common this week? Harry chests. Crappy movies? Mm. Well, that's quite true too. <laughs> uh, but they were fighting over directors. And so it was revealed that Zack Snyder is going to be directing Superman, as produced by Christopher Nolan. I approve. With a screenplay by David S. Goyer. Oh, wait a minute. And be, yeah, Exactly. And before, uh, before uh, Zack Snyder was approved, uh, they were dancing around Darren Aronofsky. Oh, yeah. He directed uh, what again? Uh, Pie, which is really Never good. Never saw it. Robocop. The wrestler. Um, he was going to direct Robocop. No, do no, no. He did Robocop. <laughs> no, no, that was not, that was Paul like Verhoeven. Robocop. No, no, no. <laughs> we are not taking a right turn to Salazar Land. <laughs> Sally Land, thank you. <laughs> the Sally aluminum Land. Content You're right, because Salazar Land sounds too macho. So gay. Yeah. <laughs> sounds druggy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Darren Aronofsky, who's got this thing called Black Swan coming with Natalie Portman. Didn't he do The Fountain? Yes, he did. Anybody see that? No. No, I did not. Yeah. Any good? All right. I can't wait for Wolverine 2. But the point is, yes, he's now directing Wolverine 2, but the reason he passed on Superman because he said the script was a mess mm-hmm. and that they have hired Zack Snyder because he can at least make a good-looking movie in a short amount of time. I think that's just sour grapes. No, me. actually, because DC has to get a Superman movie done in 2011 or they lose some of the rights back to the heirs of Siegel and Schuster. They wow. just put one out like... Three years ago, didn't Doesn't, it? Uh, that's already been well four years ago. But, really, uh, yeah. it's already out of the. They have to. Right no, no, well, no. It's, no, it's not over it because there's a there's a lawsuit going on. Oh. Uh, please, the Superman lawsuit thing is just so complex and convoluted right now. 
DC have to had, be a Superman. DC has countersued the attorney who is suing them on behalf of the Siegel and Schuster estate, claiming that he is actually suing so he himself can form a corporation that gets the ownership of Superman. Huh? And and the guy says, that's, that's not true. So Just because I've tattooed the S symbol on my chest. Uh, you know. But if they can get him to say his name backwards, he disappears. <laughs> Well, because the thing is, the heirs are all in their 70s and 80s. There is no young heir standing to profit from this. It's all senior citizens. They could all have an accident. (laughs) A legal accident. Hmm. I think I smell a rest home burning down. (laughs) Indeed. In Smallville. So, anyway. Tragedy strikes today as all the Superman heirs were burned to the ground. All of them. Also a cat. And so who knows what the casting is going to be. I mean, we know that Hugh Jackman will be returning as Wolverine, but who is Superman? Will it be John Hamm? The leaked uh, thing about what they think the script is for Superman is that he'll be wandering the earth as a reporter trying to decide if he's going to become Superman. Wandering the earth? Like Kane in Kung Fu? Like Birthright, how he wandered from country to country. Yeah. Now, I read that General Zod is going to be the main uh, villain. That is true, Nate. They also did say that Zod was going to be the villain. Scoop Costa. (laughs) Well done. Except that that seems to me to be counter to the idea of him wandering the earth like Kane trying to find his place. Exactly. So who knows what the truth is? Good news, everyone. It's greater tuna all of a sudden. Welcome to Radio OKKK. I can tell you this much, though. The poster for Wolverine 2 Mm -hmm. is going to be a fist with two claws claws coming out. And a big red S. I guarantee it. Actually, I'm going to say it's just going to be two rips. Two slashes over... Oh, okay, that's... Uh, And a view of the Silver Samurai. ...on the Wolverine 2 poster. (laughs) Mm. I mean, the thing is, I'm actually going to give... Hope for Wolverine 2, because one, I'm going to pretend that Wolverine 1 didn't happen. And Wolverine 2 is taking place in Japan and doing his samurai code thing. So I think that could be interesting. Wait a minute. How can they make Wolverine 2 if there's never been a Wolverine yet? It's Hollywood, man. It's Hollywood what? bookkeeping. There was I don't Wolverine know. Origins. No, I'm pretending what? that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, we're not Nate counting. Nate and that. I have agreed that never happened. Oh. I never paid money to see that. Isn't the subtitle Wolverine 2 turning Japanese or something like that? I heard. I really it was Electric so. Boogaloo. Oh. I'm yeah. just going to avoid that joke. Oh, okay. It's cruise control, actually. Yeah. yeah, no joke is too Wolverine obvious for Nate Costa to pick up. Uh, so there we go. There was. Uh, Movement on the Marvel side of things. They cast new Gwen Stacy for the Spider-Man Boo. reboot. Boo. Boo. Okay, you don't like this choice? They ca- they should have cast her as Mary Jane. Yeah. She's a redhead. Emma Stone, who now... Well, they say she's a natural, natural blonde. blonde. But I've never seen her in a movie. Never. She's a blonde. Yeah. So let's just go over the history of casting Spider-Man love interests. They cast blonde Kirsten Dunst as redhead Mary Jane. Then they cast... Redhead Red Bryce Dallas Howard as blonde Gwen Stacy. And now, once again, they've cast redhead, sassy redhead, by the way, who would have been a perfect Mary Jane. She would have been perfect from the ultimate Spider-Man. Hollywood which is what they're right again. Right, right, which right. is what they're supposedly going to She's fall. not a, you know, she's not a, you hit the jackpot. Par- uh, um, tiger. Tiger. 
Mary Jane. <laughs> what are you going to say? You used the jackpot potter? <laughs> as, as several, as, yes, I'm, as, I'm as several franchises merge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow, that'd be great. Spider Man. Yeah, I think that's stupid. They're, they were saying, like, I read the article and they're saying she had great chemistry with the. Uh, the British douchebag that's playing Spider-Man. I believe she does. But, but she has great chemistry with everybody. So she's, she's good. She's got great chemistry. She's a great yeah. actress. But she's, she would be a much or better a cool actress. Gwen I shouldn't Stacey. say she's a great actress. And the other thing yet. is, we all know Gwen Stacy dies, so, I mean... What? Oh, we do now. What? Way to Way go, to go. On. Stupid. Read a comic. Spoiler. Let me, let me Read a what now? Though. A comic. I'm sorry, graphic novel? Book. Hugely, hugely talented woman. Um, Get a little closer there, Really buddy. enjoyed Easy A... But uh, I have to say, they missed the boat on Donald Glover as Spider-Man. Okay, sit down, Chris. That is sit what down. they needed. Chris, get back in your cage, Chris. Get back. It's okay when he's my funny. My prisoners will not be denied. I'm going to cover the mic. <laughs> Cut it, his would mic. Be, it would be okay when Cut he's his funny. Microphone. He hasn't been yet, but I when know, he is, we'll be all right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We, 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 the boat sailed on Donald Glover. That, that's an old bit. Community's already addressed it. Move on. Mark Ruffalo claims that Marvel's going to do an Avengers trilogy that he's signed for at least three movies as Bruce Banner. Well, I mean, I think we all kind of assumed that, right? Each color Hulk. He's going to play the Red Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you listeners at home couldn't hear that, but Nate held up a mystery finger to Jason Salazar. Because he was demonstrating one of the Wolverine posters. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're number one. (laughs) That's what the first one should have looked like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's not wrong. I can't. I, I can't go on by that. Uh, and Idris Elba has revealed that he who's too, he again? Idris Elba. Uh, Wait, did you was say the, the rest wire? about Ruffalo? You just well, said the trilogy. Well, well, he's a trilogy, and that he might get a. He's claiming he's going to get a Hulk solo film again. So that would be the third Hulk solo film that people. I hear he's third going to charm. I hear it's called there. Hulk turning Japanese. Right, he's going to Japan. Is that what, what is I going to say? Hulk three electric boogaloo. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. <laughs> you sure it's not going to be Hulk three D? <laughs> <laughs> the Hulkening. Ooh. Mm. Hulk 3, The Revenge. <laughs> Crazy Gamma Knights. Okay, so um, just name that. he's also saying he gets to be motion capture. And he once again reiterated, which I think is just the oddest quote for, for an actor to say, is no hard feelings between him and Edward Norton. Edward Norton bequeathed the role to him, and the Hulk is like, his generation. Edward Norton is dead? Yeah, that, that, that the Hulk is like his gener- acting generation's Hamlet. He was obviously that is weird. He's obviously kidding. What's that mean? <laughs> there are a lot of drugs. In I'm Hollywood. sorry. I teach English. I, uh, I use like words. It's like when a chick Hulk gets too much. No, be. no, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shut up, Lon. Sorry. Shut up. Sorry. Um, why? <laughs> why did we go down that path? <laughs> anyway, um, you never been bequeathed. Idris Elba, who people know from The Wire and was in briefly the on office. the office, on the office, and pound it. it. Mm-hmm. And is playing Heimdall in uh, Thor. Yeah, the Norse garter of the Rainbow Bridge. Correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh no! Is Earth? Yes. Is, <laughs> <laughs> is that was a clip from his new upcoming? Thor was that movie. your audition clip? That was, yeah, that I was could it? do it too. I can be Thor. You mm-hmm. could uh, be really put on yes. about three hundred pounds. Well, I can still deliver it better than he could. Okay. Uh, and I'm talking about the 300 pounds. Nate wants to get it. Go ahead. Make your <laughs> wise-ass remark, Nate. Do it. <laughs> Come on. All right. Uh, so Idris anyway. Elba. What? Idris Elba has also 
hinted, not come out and said, but hinted that he's in the running to play Luke Cage. Where did he hint this, and who did he hint this uh, to? I believe it was an interview with MTV. Really? So, your mm. mom. I think mm. you'd make an excellent Luke Cage, because really, who else could play Luke Cage? You don't like that Tyrese? guy? Tyrese? Tyrese. No, not Tyrese. Actually, I would like to see Tyrese. Play you don't like that guy in the old Spice commercials? He really wants to be Luke Cage. Dude, Whoa. that guy would be yeah, awesome. He Although, be he's, too, he's too... He's too much of a nice guy. Also, yeah, Terry, is it Terry Crews could play Luke Cage. Terry oh, Crews could totally Terry play Crews. Luke Cage. I would watch a Luke, uh, Luke Cage, Terry Crews. Bobo could play Luke Cage, Only a.k.a. He, Zeus, a.k.a. Tiny Lister. He's a little old now. No, I would love to see Terry Crews, and only if he gets to wear the headband and the say tiara. Sweet Christmas. That, the tiara. Dude, that, I would watch that. Wear the yellow shirt. Oh, I would totally that be down with that. That would be classic. The chain belt. I and think he, Terry Crews and Idris Elba should fight it out in a cage match. Literally, I <laughs> see Nate. That's how it's pun done. intended. <laughs> I get it, Derek. Okay, good. Look and at see, me. I'm in a movie. Uh, I would go with Warren Sapp. Also, okay. Just, okay. Well, get anyway. back in your cage. Warren Sapp Sit down. Is uh, excuse my language an sob? Okay. Okay. Moving anyway, on. Uh, All right. And by the way, and I know this has been been um, keeping Jason up at night. Transformers. Uh, Paramount announced that Transformers Three has a subtitle the officially. Dark, si- the dark side of the moon. No, not even no. the dark side of the moon. <laughs> the, dark, the dark of the, the moon. The dark of the moon. I was close. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's gonna and be we got a thumbs down right. from Michael Goodson on that. But Animals. let's face it, <laughs> huge. Yeah, let's face it. No one was really looking forward to that. And uh, Shia LaBeouf went on record, and boy, this was really out on a limb by saying. This was going to be the best one of the three. He actually said it was going to be very, 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 very good. Four varies. He lies! Did everyone hear about the uh, injury to the extra during a scene? That, that, that was I awesome. did not hear that. Please. So an extra, for some reason, they had extras drive their own vehicles in this car scene, and a cable snapped and went through this chick's window and like, sliced her face off. 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 So now, like the left face, side of her, the left side of off. her head is uh, paralyzed. And they way. gave her face to Nicholas Cage. To be fair, <laughs> they did pay her a release fee of twenty five dollars. Oh, wait, nice. wait! I just heard this was a hoax, and that she threw the cable on her own face. Uh, no, that's not actually true. <laughs> oh, okay, good. No. All right. <laughs> Come on, guys! Someone yes. lost half a. Face. You just got a thumbs up from Michael Goodson on that. Okay, yeah. you're good. You're good. <laughs> guys are such jerks. I hope you're feeling proud. <laughs> So Jason, so sensitive. Yeah, your backpedaling is going really oh, well right there, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 shut up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and DreamWorks announced that they're going to do a Halo movie, which yeah. uh, some people are excited about that, except they're not going to do it based on any of the games. They can only get the rights to the tie-in novels. That's fine, because the tie-in novels go into the origin, which none of the movies have gone I into. I think I've seen a commercial for that movie. It's the, like the guys are running and they're shooting and they're blowing up and stuff. That's the that's game. The, yeah. Oh, that's that on the your game. Phone, right? Now, if oh. I may point out that in the new Computer History Museum exhibit Revolution, the first 2,000 years of computing, there is a life-size Master Chief figure looming over one of the galleries. Does it look like that Very right nice. there? No, no, it's much scarier. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because at night, who donated Chris that, puts Chris? it on. Why, that would be Microsoft. Wow, they're very nice people, aren't they? They are. Rick, you don't work for them anymore. You don't have to shill. I just got made an MVP for PowerPoint. Oh, oh. crap. Now there's going to be no living with you. you Thank God Deb has to do it. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... by. MVP, Rick Brettschneider. Oh, I can say it. Microsoft <laughs> sucks. At Hebrew, the one okay? chosen beer. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Let's 
move on to television and games. As we talked about games there, the shocking news that Nate just pointed and went, shocking. Uh, DC Universe Online has been delayed again. <gasps> it's video game news. but uh, Not television. Given that it didn't look all that much better this year than it did last no, year. No, I know, but it looked really good last year. I don't see why they needed to... Just, I think they need it, to get... Just let us play the damn it game. It just be it's the problem. It's only been in, what, 10, 11 years now that it's been in production? Well, it's because it, they only got one guy doing the code. It's probably... And he's just like, oh, I don't know what to do. It's probably a server performance problem. That they're just having trouble turning. Wow, well, that happens to a lot yes. of guys. Well, <laughs> Chris, you want to it's talk never about happened your... to me before. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm terrified by this, by the way. Okay, um, step forward into a... Having seen a presentation on it in 2007 or 8... Um, I thought, you know, this is going to, it looked really, it looked way better than anything else that, you know, people were previewing. Uh, I think the same time I saw the initial preview for Champions Online, and I was like, this is nothing. But Champions has come out since then. Vaguely, yes. (laughs) But I don't, I'm just, I'm hurt. That's what I am. You're hurt? I'm hurt. Why? He's a sensitive guy. (laughs) Yes, because I love DC, and I love DC Online, the preview they did for us, and... Sensitive. Nothing. But the girl with half a face didn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she had it coming. <laughs> Ooh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's very vicious. Um, Sega has announced. I'd like to point out that the opinions of Chris Garcia do not reflect the editorial Any policy. other human beings <laughs> whatsoever. Podcast, the uh, you website. You have no christeners. Derek McCarr or any of his assets. <laughs> oh my, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, Rick. Giving me a legal disclaimer. Sega. Please don't sue me. Sega! Sega announced that they are developing a Captain America video game. Probably no surprise, really. Uh, movie tie-in or it's movie tie-in, standalone? But, but set in World War II, written by Christos Engage. So following Can along. we bring in, uh, is Goodson available? He's right Michael over there. Michael P.S. Goodson. Can we bring in Goodson on this? <laughs> Michael Goodson, Goodson we, we need, need Goodson you. He got rolled away. Uh, uh, Michael Goodson, everybody. Michael Goodson. Uh, I have a question, Hi, Michael everybody. Goodson. You're kind of our video game uh, guy. All right. Um, do you need headphones? Are you good? I can hear you. Okay. Um, so, Derek, <laughs> will you repeat that announcement, please? Sega has announced that they're developing a Captain America movie tie-in video game written by Christos Engage, set entirely in World War II. Now, in your experience, movie tie-in video games, go. Thumbs down. Mm. Can you tell us why, please? Uh, too often they they pay too much for the license. Mm. They pay an exorbitant a, a video game developer pays for a Captain America, a Spider Man, a, a whatever is going on a license. That's different. That's not the movie. That's more of the character, right? But anyway, but they if they were making a Batman game for the Batman movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the the game company pays too much for the license, and they don't have a lot of time generally because the movie has already been scheduled. It's got you know nine months till it it comes out. They've already spent the majority of their wad, so they're not necessarily able to hire the best people, and so you get a. Uh, the equivalent of like a Burger King toy, mm, okay. right? Not the greatest toy. It'll entertain your kid for an hour or two yeah. if you're lucky, but it, it's got, it's pretty much disposable. You get the video game version of that with and, Spider Man. Do they every have, once in a while? One of them's great, like Batman Arkham Asylum. We all agree. I, I understand that this uh, best, the, best concept. Although Batman Arkham Asylum is not really a movie tie-in, right. and the other difference I'd bring up is that that. But it, they it, paid for that license. Yeah, they did. They yeah. did. And, and but they had time. Like Paul Dini, and mm-hmm. but they had time to develop it though absolutely whereas a movie time you're right now i was gonna ask do you know if they use like like these companies like sega or activision activision does a lot of them 
Do you know if they reuse like engines from different games and sure. just drop on like skins or whatever? Or- e- even worse, they pay a fee to license engines that have already been created. Mm, okay. Like the Unreal Engine yeah. was in Unreal the game, mm-hmm. but in a hundred different clones mm. or tweaks of the Unreal Engine. So you pay for that. I mean. And then you, what's your budget left over, and what can you recoup on the marketplace? So blah blah blah. Yeah. Now let me bring up the perfect example of that. And Sega still makes the Dreamcast, right? <laughs> uh, no, they, they phase that out for Genesis Two. Oh. Um, the big thing is that a bad movie hero tie-in can sink a company and even an industry. And we've seen that before with E.T. and the Superman video game for Atari, which directly led to the crash of 1983. Who it is per- a dangerous proposition. A- as the computer resident here, who, who, what companies did those sink, though? Those are legendary failures of a very early uh, video game Activision. era. Those were straight Atari games. Those were straight, those Atari, were straight Atari games, Atari. but did not sink the Atari. Nor, uh, and Atari didn't. Did they make the those games back in those yeah. days? Yeah. Okay, so those, yeah. those were in house. It's just a matter of budget. They, yeah. they have. I think they, the Superman so game was all Activision. That all twenty six hundred well, games sucked well. ass. Oh no, not at the time. Not at the time. And now they are a shameless war for many. Since this is well, video games, games in the early eighties, which was a time when I was actually on top of these things, later. right? Absolutely. I'd say that actually not. That's Goes not out. what. That's not what sunk them. It was the Atari fifty two hundred and the Atari seventy eight hundred and Miss. Misreading what the the industry would, or what the consumer wanted, and they never quite got back on. And right. video the consumer games. wanted the Pac Man they played in the arcade game, right. but got Pac Man yeah. for the Atari. The one went gong 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 gong. Oh, they got that on the four hundred eight hundred computers, but they yeah. and that's where the seventy six hundred came from. Mm-hmm. But it was too expensive and too late. And then Nintendo just blew them all away. Exactly. Well, actually, Nintendo, Nintendo came never, around later, like five never, years later. I mean, yeah. It, it, didn't, it didn't blow the... The Atari died on its own. I mean, so in summary, <laughs> don't buy those games. Yes. <laughs> Do not Until support those games. you see someone games. say, hey, five stars. Hey, my friend played this, loved it. Hey, yada. Did you see the special on Steam last night? Uh, both games were available. Both Left for Dead games were available for ten bucks. I already own them, seven but bucks. I thought, "Damn, that's yeah. a deal!" What? I hadn't bought Left for Dead too. Damn! Why didn't you tell me? I like only heard about it last you night. Get both games. Oh my god! I could have bought that and then wet On myself Steam. endlessly every night. And, and those are games that the multiplayer is so fun that it it just pays for itself again and, and Steam again. Steam does like multiplayer over over. But if you just computers. wanted to play single players, the computer AI is good enough, and you can play it's, it on just normal difficulty. It's well worth. A ton of well fun. worth seven bucks. And I mean, you will desensitize. Is it still available tonight? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was available this morning. Yeah, it should be. I gotta go. But you <laughs> will desensitize yourself to zombies because getting rushed by a mob of zombies and then having to sort of melee Hundreds attack of them. to knock them off of you, like after an hour of playing, you will never fear zombies again. Let if me they tell made you a something. spider version of this, I would so never give a shit about <laughs> spiders. <laughs> I, uh,. But I, I would never buy that game. I'm already. <laughs> I'm already. <laughs> Michael Goodson, the Spider Rush. This is the plot for the yeah. next Saw movie. <laughs> I am. I am so desensitized to zombies that I was at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival this weekend, and a carriage pulled up. Zombies poured out, walked past me on the street. I didn't give it yeah, a second. Yeah. I'm like, welcome to the zompocalypse. I'm like, fantastic. <laughs> so I guess you chose not to be, huh? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it was, By the way, Linda saw you. Said, wanted to 
say hi. Didn't Linda saw me and didn't say hi? What yeah, the hell's wrong with her? You, you were with people going into a play. I am often with people. He has an entourage. I walk with my hands flapping, which now Dave Tappy is actually videotaping this, so you can see that. Um, <laughs> and falling asleep at the same time. Of course. So let's go more to television. I love TV. So uh, I watch it. So DC has this great new solution to what they're going to do with uh, Wonder Woman in multimedia. They've tried several film ideas and failed. They're going to go back to the one place where she's been the most successful, and this is sadly true. Long comics? Yeah. No, she's not been the most successful in, in comics. She was most successful on television. Uh. So um, uh, David E. Kelly has been asked to produce. Wait, hold the phone. Is that the Ally McBeal guy? Yep. Allie McBeal, so Wonder Woman. Calista Flockhart as Wonder Woman. She's going to see a dancing baby. A dancing street with a lariat. Now, is she going to wear the new uh, jeans and jacket combo or the old Wonder Woman? That's a good question. We don't. Is she going to be a lawyer? We don't know oh, yet. Okay. We don't know anything other than he's been asked to produce. That's kind Can of I- interesting because he was. Because he was trying to do the, he was asked originally to do the adapta- American adaptation of Life on Mars, and his take on Life on Mars was allegedly so bad that it they actually took place him. on Mars. That, well, that's actually what happened at the end of the American what? one. What? Um, I like that. Well, still, the British one was so much better. But um, so that's never true. Who knows? Who knows what he's planning to do? But it's out there. They're also planning. They've asked uh, allegedly Ronald, not they. Wait, wait. But, before you go to that, I yeah. have I have the best casting for that. Okay, give it to me. If they're going to do a TV Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. I would like to see Missy Peregrine as Wonder Woman. She's tall. I could see that. She's uh, she should be available ath- soon once Rookie Blue goes. Yeah, up she's athletic and she's in TV. I I will counter point with. Of course uh, you will because we need the non-human opinion. Yeah, Arr. with the uh, the fine Miss Gemma Arterton. I think she, she is not going to do television. She's Gemma not going to do television. Is not be, now, if you were to do it as a film, yes, you would cast Gemma Arterton. I don't know. She's not that that uh, athletic and muscular, is she? Yes, she is. Is she? Okay. I say Tila from He Man. Which That's does remind me, by the way, this week we are celebrating the 25th anniversary of She-Ra. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Yay for my segue. It made it on. <laughs> it made it on to CNN today. I'm like, really? Who? Cares who paid for this placement on CNN? Is it really an anniversary if the product died five years? No, and then she and to celebrate, she uh, she made a commercial today saying released a commercial saying I am not a witch. Who? What? Okay, so um, that's a little political humor. It works when Nate does. Yeah, there's this whole world out there, and there's a politician who has to claim she's not a witch. You're doing Christine O'Connell undo the claim that she was a witch. Christine O'Connell isn't. uh, Are we talking about politics now? Boo! Did anybody see the clip of that dude uh, (laughs) screaming and yelling? (laughs) For his uh, seat on the couch. Oh yeah, that guy was funny. Oh, Jerry Stiller. No, was that Red Hulk? (laughs) <laughs> no, but was, he was like a Matt Foley type guy. He's yeah, like, he was I will represent you. <laughs> I am going to run Stark County. I will run and I will win. And I do not apologize for my... <laughs> Man, if you have no skeletons in your closet, I'm running you. <laughs> we're we're going to put you up for a political office. They're Let's not get... in his closet. They're in his front yard. Oh, that's probably true. My name is Nate Cost and I approve this message. <laughs> I would vote for you, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my wow. god Anyway Wow Ronald D. Moore A former producer on Star Trek And a producer on Battlestar Galactica The producer on Battlestar Galactica Has been asked 
to revive Wild Wild West. Awesome. We all love that. He's going to use an Indian guy this time. <laughs> yes. So we'll see. The weirdest revival, Brian Fuller, whom we like, because he... Uh, Brian Fuller, man. He created Dead Like Me and Pushing Daisies. He's going to revive The Monsters with consultancy from Guillermo del Toro. No, different, different six wow. What? Brian Fuller told me that last week. They're Twitter buddies. Are they really? No. Yeah, because last week is when the news came out. He um, told you specifically on Twitter? Well, he told all our followers. And oh, then yeah. Dave went, ow! <laughs> <laughs> they discussed it over a Happy Meal. Did you retweet it? <laughs> there you go. So who do we cast as, as Lily? Missy Peregrine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with the other girl, but I couldn't remember her name. Gemma Atherton. Prince of Persia. Okay. After okay. turn. Uh, uh, Lon's going to love this. The Adult Swim has announced they've got their Black Dynamite cartoon. Coming. Why would I love that? Because you. Because I, I just look what? Because I'm black? Exactly. Oh, okay. All right. Just an advocate. Big supporter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All the original talent's going to be involved, but I just don't. I'm not that excited. Don't they already have that on Adult Swim? Isn't it called the Boondocks or something? Isn't it's it? the same producers that do the Boondocks. Oh. Yeah, way to stretch out and spread your wings, guys. Good okay. job. Okay. And uh, who would this table watch? No Ordinary Family. I saw the pilot. I, saw the I DVR'd pilot. the pilot and the second episode, but yes. I've yet to watch. I think Jason's seen it. I watched both of them. Jason will be our No Ordinary I consultant. can speak on Go it. Ahead. Go ahead, Jay. No, it, it was good. Um, it was it was a little was bit... It, was it better than you thought? Weren't you expecting crap? Because I was expecting crap. It wasn't. Be- I had no preconceived notions. Mm. It, it just it was a little bit of heroes and a little bit of something else. It was I mean, total he- heroes. Yeah, I mean, it, it was all right. I but mean, it wasn't bad. It's only two episodes in, and it still needs to find its feet. But I think if they keep going on the the route that they've kind of laid down, it, it could be. It's good. a little bit of True Blood too with the daughter, the young daughter. I'm sorry. What? Oh yeah, she's got because she reads minds. So <laughs> she's <laughs> like, suck it. Is it coming across as episodic, or are they going to have like some undertone that's carrying through episodes? It's a, it's a little bit of both. I mean, they're they've got it, an ongoing. Yeah, story, they've yeah. got a you know, there's a, several villains they've already set up. And two Rick's, episodes in. Rick's actually in it. Oh, are you? I know. What? Are you? Well, Rick's doppelganger, He's a Stephen. Uh, what's that guy's oh, name? Stephen Collins. Stephen Collins yes. uh, always a, reminds me. He's of Rick. apparently the Lex Luthor of the group. Nice. Uh, that's how they've set him up. As Rick is the Lex Luthor, secretly the genius behind it all. Mm. But Chickless is awesome in it. I just um, want the lantern. Julie Benz looks great. I like that's, her. that's pretty much all she's good at. Mm-hmm. And, Looking um, great. Yeah. The lantern would. She's good, good at dying in Dexter. She's good at dying. It already does. But no, I give it. I give it a, a a thumbs up for now. Does it replace your need for like your heroes kind of superhero TV? I show? had no need for heroes in the first place. How about so special no. effects? How do they do the uh, the speedster woman? Is it- speedster woman's pretty cool. Uh, Chickless spends most of his time hopping from rooftop to rooftop. Like the Hulk. And, yeah, and that looks really bad. Yeah. But I think her, you know slow motion when she sees everything you know also oh, they go slow-mo when she's running yeah it's like her perspective it's all slowed down and she sees like pouring water really slow and like the kid's going to flip like an m&m in its face and you know that 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 looks cool and it's but- kind of derivative of like the old flash tv show where like basically when she's done running like her metabolism so fast she has to, to eat like a hundred granola yeah bars, she has and to that eat was a lot of food episode. Yeah. Yes. Well, they do, they've been doing the small slow motion thing on smallville too yeah. yes it's just like that it's okay, exactly yeah. like that. it's not very original but no. it's also not terrible. This so is ironic that you know you're going really fast, so everything slows down. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a way it for us sense. to process yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you know that that makes sense. 
And I was going to mention Smallville because we caught up. This is the all-star season. You know, Deadshot, Suicide Squad appeared last week. Supergirl will be back on. Brainiac 5 is going to be on. What about the Jackson 5? Dark Side. Dark Side appeared. So, Nate, are you excited by Dark Side's appearance? Nate is a Smallville junkie. Uh, I'm excited. Are you really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I watch Smallville. That is appointment television. He does Derek. not leave Comic-Con until that panel is over. This is true. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. They sure, you, do Dave can speak on it, too. Too bad, so maybe they'll do all right with Darkseid. How would you feel about Cat Grant? That was uh, really annoying. I, I, I thought that was such I, a departure from the regular I'm going to say something, but the thing is that as I was watching that, they Cat Grant appeared last season. And she's a television host. And as I was sitting there going, you can't even remember from one season next oh, really? you already had Cat Grant. I forgot And that. then she said, I'm not, I, I, I'm I'm not, not the lady on, t- on TV. So they have two Cat Grants. So. But Why? Cat Grant isn't her real name. Right. And, and, and the girl that played her last season was the woman uh, who was the daughter on um, Sanctuary. I'd right. much prefer seeing her back as Cat Grant. I would Grant. much prefer seeing her. She was so much more a Cat Grant than... Yeah. Uh, for those who know Cat Grant, Dave, I just wanted to comment on Dark Side's appearance. Okay. So uh, I don't know. To me, that that quick clip of it showed a, it seemed a little I don't know cheesy. wasn't very. I mean, I'd have to see the like maybe a full because of the special effect. Yeah, I mean the computer generated Dark Side looked kind of a little weird. Oh yeah. But I don't know. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt for now. But the rest of the stuff is awesome. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was along the same line as the Martin, Martian Manhunter transformation that we got to see for a little bit in one episode. Yeah, but I, I think the Martian Manhunter stuff was actually better. Did you slow it down and watch it frame by frame? Uh, I did. Yes, I, you did. But I also I also did that for all the hot chick action scenes. Nerd. <laughs> if you hadn't slowed it down, you wouldn't have noticed how cheesy it was. But that's what makes me a Smallville fan. There you go. Oh, Snape. <laughs> that just happened. I'd like to go back to the video game conversation. I miss, <laughs> I, I miss the TurboGrafx-16. Thank you. Continue, please. I'm non-sequitur Salazar. That's me. Welcome to Sally Land. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think that this just about wraps up. Uh, I got a few plugs. Oh, you got a few plugs. <laughs> go ahead, Nate. Everybody, away. Everybody plug. Uh, ben Costa, previous guest on Fanboy Planet Podcast, is appearing at, like Derek said earlier, New York Comic Con uh, this Friday through Sunday at the New York Javits Center. Uh, he will be at APE, the Alternative Press Expo, at the Concourse Exhibition Center in San Francisco, October 16th and 17th. And he will also be at Long Beach Comic Con at the Long Beach Convention Center, October 29th through 31st. Thank God you're here for your brother. Where's, All right. Where's Chris Garcia going to appear? Why? In my know, nightmares. I'm showing up at SteamCon in beautiful Seattle, Washington, uh, the second weekend in November, where I'll be speaking about everything from Charles Babbage, uh, journalism in the Old West, and uh, other steampunky type things. They wrote in the Old West? Mm-hmm. What wow. about Jason Salazar? Where's he going to be? I've got. I've got. Where, where I won't, your be, fans at, I won't be at any of those cons. None. You'll no. be appearing in a CAT scan sometime next week. Most likely. Mm. Yes. Yes. It's it's on it's on my uh, on my scheduling. Yes. But and no. Dave Tapia. Dave Tapia. Where are you going to be? Only working for the man. That's about it. Okay. Dave, are you still running your Formula One podcast? Yes, I am. Well, why don't you bring that up? What's uh, the podcast address? Yes. Uh, so I we have like the number. I'm the producer for the number one. Uh, Formula One podcast in America. It's called F1 Weekly. 
Uh, we were in our 470th show already. Holy moly. For a long time now. I'm going to try. So where can they find it? Uh, www.f1weekly.com. There you go. All right. Yeah. Is that available on the iTunes? It is. Okay, on good. ITunes. On the iTunes. Don't forget to check out the newly revamped moronlife.com. Uh, we do have a new format up. Uh, lots of cool videos, reports. Can I still see Activated Beer Girl? Beer Activated Beer Girl? Beer Activated Girl. Uh, if it's not there, Beer it's going to be up girl. there shortly. So beautiful. Basically had to transfer everything from one... Uh, Kind of template host to another, so we are on, we are Intriguing. on a new kind of thing. Also, if you go, don't forget to click on the ads. Thank you. Yeah, new template, <laughs> same old. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else? You got to push, Michael. What have you been up to since we last spoke? I've got some plugs, uh, and they look really. The hairline looks really good. <laughs> I'll be at uh, Cobb's the Comedy Chuckle Club Hut on uh, Tuesday and Thursday of next week. I'll be playing. Left for Dead, one or two all weekend. Uh, my Steam name is Burrito7, and you can find me on uh, Chegit.net as a regular contributor. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Wait, you're seeing another website? You. He's also bastard. He's also on Adult Friend Finder as HarryBalls.76. <laughs> and we're back. And we're saying farewell. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, write into sandpaper at FanboyPlanet.com or editor at FanboyPlanet.com. But let's also take a minute to thank all our wonderful fans for being with us for over 200 podcasts. Thanks, person. Yes. It's thank you, Bill. Thank you, Mike Wegger. Thank you, Mark Stryker. Thank you, Sharnold. Super Sharnold. Doug Garrett. Thank you, Doug Garrett. Thank you, Steve Nelson. And what? those are just the ones who wrote in. Thank you, Steve Nelson. Steve Nelson. But to all the people that Michelle listen. Michelle Andrew Michelle. Preston. Andrew, yes. We love to entertain. You know, we really Robert haven't brought it. Griffith. Who's that? Daniel Snyder. <laughs> Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Why are you handing out diplomas? <laughs> Henny Cooper. All right, so. Uh, Rodney listen. Dangerfield, he's a listener. All right, he's dead. Okay, or he was just left for dead. All right, so this is Derek McCaw. This is Nate Costa. Chris Garcia. Rick Brett Snyder. Jason Salazar. Awkward silence. David Tapia. Steven Nelson. <laughs> I'm unimpressed. And we're reminding you to use your powers only for good. I'm good. <laughs> Said. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Oh, no, 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 no. Damn it, damn it, damn it. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.